0: You guys watched the friends reunion, didn't you?
1: No, I did not.
0: No.
2: Nor did I. I heard it was not very good.
0: My wife's a huge friends fan, just refused. She's like, I don't want to see them old and pathetic. Aww. Remember the mess they were? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like that when we get the community movie, you know, like like they're all old now, but they're kind of young still, so and at the end of the series, like, Shirley, when she came back in the sixth season, just briefly, oh, she yeah. lost a ton of weight. A
2: ton of weight.
0: And I was like, dang, girl, you like... I mean, she looked beautiful before, but it was just startling how yeah. different she looked. So hmm. Someday, yeah, I really hope that they do come out with the movie, because I would love to do that on the show. There's,
2: they're so close, and the show has such a following. I mean, if you think, like like, but back when Kickstarter was a brand new thing, the veronica mars guy put out a a kickstarter and said i want to make a movie and people flocked to it you know it had take my money yes it wasn't like a crazy mega popular show but everybody who would go see that movie said yeah i'll donate to that movie so
0: six seasons of the movie's been communities rallying cry for how long there must be there must be a movie out there somewhere well, maybe we'll be this podcast right here will be the thing to push them over the edge.
2: Yes, this is the clarion call to everybody. Come! Well, in. we had a
0: lot of rewatching podcasts before, but you guys, you see, that was the straw that broke our back. We'll do it now. <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. Welcome back to Community Rewatching One Hundred and One, Episode Two. To completely confuse you, we're going to be covering the first episode of Community. Uh, we've gotten some technical issues worked out, uh, somebody we're not going to name names here, uh, possibly a female co-host, has some, some audio issues. Thanks
1: for protecting me. Wait,
0: wait, we're going to garble your voice. Thank yeah. You for uh, yeah, we worked out some issues and, you know, we, we're still figuring things out. We're going to, we're going to do this, but I'm, I've just been so excited to do this episode and to actually get started. It was weird because I told my wife, we're, um, yeah, we're going to record this week. And she's like, what What are you doing right now? Like, why are you watching community? I'm like, I'm taking notes, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you guys did that. You sat down, you took notes, you watched the first episode. And how I've long has it been? i got a couple
3: of pages of notes here that I, I can't understand, actually. <laughs> it's hard to read these back. Yes, all these scribbles, really. So I'll see if I can make any sense of them as we go. Murphy,
2: you are a elf
0: uncontrollably, I think.
2: (laughs) Murhur (laughs) Arigekyu.
0: And then there's just some limericks for no good reason. Yeah. How long has it been before we, we did this? How long has it been since you last watched the pilot?
1: No, I don't remember.
0: I watched through the entire show about once a year. So it's probably been about a year.
3: For me, it's about 10 years, probably. It was probably around 2011 that I watched the first season. And I haven't watched it since, until yesterday. (laughs) Community got way more popular after I got into it. And I I felt this with other shows, same with uh, Doctor Who a bit, really, that I felt like it was my thing, and then it became many more people's thing which is great of course and lovely but then you lose slightly the the kind of personal connection with it um and so maybe it did wrong me maybe i don't like this show but i'm coming back to it <laughs> but you've
0: dedicated <laughs> yourself to the you know, next how many I got that hundreds way. of weeks <laughs> I got
2: that way with Firefly, which was a show I loved dearly, and I was not early to the party on that. But when the DVDs came out, I got it the first day they came out. I watched them in two days again, and it felt very much like my show, the way I think it felt that way for a lot of people. And then as the years have gone on, it's been like, okay, guys, it's 14 episodes. Just I I like it, too. But let's let's all move on. And yeah, I, I can completely understand where you're coming from there.
1: That's one of the reasons I don't tend to get involved in fandoms as much anymore. I feel like sometimes they have a tendency to ruin it for me.
2: There are certain fandoms out there, Harry Potter, Star Wars,
0: The Game of Thrones,
2: <laughs> take themselves so, 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 so oh, seriously.
0: Oh, yeah. Whereas the community fandom is just a bunch of goofy nerds. I mean, really. As it should they, be. As it should be. Like, so many memes, so many quotes. Just, it's a show that made fun of itself as it went on. So... I love that. That's the kind of person I am. That's the kind of people I like to surround myself with. So um, I'm very excited to get into this first episode. So we're going to be covering the pilot today. We're still kind of figuring out the format to our show, but roughly we're just going to talk about the show and then some dislikes, some likes, and we're going to give it a rating later on.
4: So what is my lawyer doing here? I'm a student. Well, that cannot be an inspiring journey.
0: But Al, why don't you cover us with a summary? A summary of genius. All right. So Community,
2: Season 1, Episode 1, Pilot, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, written by Dan Harmon. Disgraced lawyer Jeff Winger enrolls at Greendale Community College after the state bar discovers he has a fake bachelor's degree. While Jeff manipulates Professor Duncan, a former client, into giving him test answers, he sets his sights on Britta Perry, a pretty blonde classmate in his Spanish class. Britta seems... Funny, clever, beautiful, and terrible at Spanish, so Jeff creates a fake Spanish study group to get the two of them alone. When word gets out about the group, however, he finds himself in a room of the untutorable. Disgraced A student, Andy Edison, divorced mother of two, Shirley Bennett, out-of-step baby booner, Pierce Hawthorne, arrogant and oblivious football player, Troy Barnes, and reality-adjacent movie nerd, Abed Nadir. Jeff talks the group into self-destructing, only to discover that his test answers are fake and he really is going to need to study if he has any hope of passing. Meeting the group on the front steps of the building, Jeff is forced to admit that he's not actually sure how to study, and the group admits they pretty much just fell apart once he left. Maybe this whole study group thing is worth another shot? Now on equal footing, and appropriately humbled, Jeff heads inside with his fellow Greendale misfits to learn some Spanish.
0: The end. All right, that's it for Community Rewatching 101. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> we could just Thank end you. it. Thank you. End it right here. I, I think what I want to kick us off with talking about and anything else you guys want to mention is is just this phenomenon called pilot weirdness. Any network show, you know, has a pilot and of course they do these pilot episodes well before the show ever gets picked up. You know, sometimes it's weeks, months, maybe even a year later. And as a result, the pilot episode tends to be a little out of step with the rest of the series. And sometimes it's a little noticeable and sometimes it's really noticeable, but that's something I was tracking a lot when I watched the pilot here. And there was just so many differences, and yet so much of the DNA of community we know and love is still in this episode. But when you really looked for it, um, just a couple big things that leaped out to me. Uh, One, uh, their external locations were all filmed at Los Angeles City College, and all of these external locations were not used in the rest of the series, I don't think. I think they filmed somewhere completely different because this all looked... Very different. I didn't uh, even track that. Yeah. See, I never noticed, really noticed that before. And then I went like, yeah, that's not the same quad. Like when when have we ever seen that quad again where they start out with Dean Pelton? It's just not there. Um, another big weird thing, I've never noticed this before, and I've watched this show so many times, is in the pilot episode, the study room is on the second floor of the library. And there's stairs, very clearly visible, like they're always walking up the stairs to the second floor cluttered. It's a smaller study room. There's more bookshelves. It's darker. And so that was a little weird. Um, the title card is different. We get that weird community title card with the bizarre little music that we'll never, thank goodness, never see again. And, yeah, just a lot of little stuff like that. I, I find that stuff fascinating. It's like when you go back and watch the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and you're, like, kind of grimacing the whole way through going, oh, this is so weird, yet it's so fascinating because this is kind of where it all began. But I can't wait till we get past it. That was the weird part about
2: the final episode of the community for me is when they separated into the battle study room for six minutes. That was.
0: Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Crickets. <Okay. laughs>
3: Sorry. It took me a
0: minute, that I got. I was when, like, when did that yeah, happen? Battle. That would have been awesome. Why did they never do that? Have a battle? Well, they did. Wait, they, had, they had the second study room for that one episode. Do you remember oh, when they got kicked out and they yes. had to make another room? That's right. That was their battle study. <laughs> you, you've coined it. Now we got to wait. Shouldn't be too hard
4: to fake a study group, right? Huh? Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Uh, I was raised on TV and I was conditioned to believe that every black woman over 50 is a cosmic mentor.
2: Were you conditioned to pay for your damn tacos, Seinfeld?
3: It struck me in the first minute of the episode how, even though, as you say, I agree, there's a kind of a weird feeling, an unsettled kind of uh, dynamic in this episode between all the characters. It hasn't landed yet, but even in the first minute, they know so well that the core of the show is just these, uh, is it seven characters, seven main characters and introduces them so fast with such great shorthand, uh, the bit where Dean's talking and they all spin around when they hear their description, uh, it's, they really, there's a lot of great shorthand in this episode, Dan Harmon really sets it up. I mean, it's 26 minutes long and a lot happens really like in Alan's summary just then it's pretty jam packed. It, um, flew along at a faster pace than I expected. No, you said uh, introductions
0: there, and that was something mm. I really saw, is how many times this episode introduced the characters. There's there's Dean Pelton's introductions, then Abed does a rapid fire, like, you know, this, 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 and this, and then they introduce them, like Pierce introduces everybody around <laughs> the table with this weird, like, I don't get anybody's name. you know. Except uh,
1: for Shirley.
0: Except for Shirley. <laughs> And, you know, like, it's, I don't know, I felt like the the episode was really going out of its way to go, we've got seven main characters, and there's no way you're going to remember who they are. So we're just going to say their names and introduce them as many times as we can get away with.
3: Yeah, that makes sense, too. It's ambitious having seven characters introduced in your short pilot. Uh, (laughs) but you really get a sense of all of them in this episode, uh, on like a, on not necessarily a deep level, of course, it's all uh, their cliches and stereotypes, but it starts to, you know, tap slightly further than the stereotype, even in this episode, I think.
1: Yeah. Did anyone else get a feeling of like, I don't know, maybe the whole cast came off as a bit unlikable to me anyway, in this episode versus how they get to be for me later on did anyone else get that I don't know how to explain maybe not unlikable necessarily but just I don't know I couldn't gel with anybody at first except I really liked Troy but I still thought he was kind of a jerk like maybe a, a you know a high school jock kind of guy which he luckily doesn't turn out to be quite that
2: know, I, mean, I think that they really want you to hone in on Jeff and who Jeff is and I think probably because Jeff is kind of the worst all the time. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Jeff's superpower is getting them to argue incessantly until this entire thing breaks up because he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. And that's most of the time that we see them, uh, except for a couple of them, like Abed and Britta. We really just see them in the study room. And the whole point of the study room in this is for Jeff to kind of try and implode the whole thing. So I guess. I totally see that i think they don't a lot of them don't really get a chance to shine because they're focused on just a couple of them uh, yeah they don't they
0: don't give them enough time they yeah i mean annie gets almost nothing and shirley gets Mm -hmm. almost next to nothing and it's like yeah and abed's talking a little too fast like Mm -hmm. way too fast for abed he's an exposition machine in this episode And Britta is the normal one in the group.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That that seems to be her character. She's like smart and savvy and pretty, and
0: that's it. A little clueless, like just a little Uh, bit. And you got that in in the cafeteria scene where she thinks Jeff doesn't know Spanish, but then she asks him, and Jeff like fakes it, and she's like, okay, thank you. I I need help. Like, she's not the completely smart girl that she pretends to be.
4: I'm actually a Spanish tutor
0: board
4: certified. Can you say that in Spanish now? I really need help with Spanish. Yeah, I was willing to bet. I'm Jeff or jefe.
3: Yeah. She's got these, a few knowing looks in this episode as an kind of audience surrogate. Like I know what's going on. I know this Jeff character, which I don't remember her ever having, uh, later in the show when she's, uh, more entrenched in her character she becomes
0: i hate the fact that jeff wears sport coat and track pants oh thank you oh my god (laughs) what was that it's a blazer and a sweater vest and a collared shirt and black and red adidas track pants what on earth is he doing i don't know what they were trying to say with that outfit but it was very distracting once you noticed it i think there was a couple firsts that were really nice to see Uh, abed had his first cool 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 Although he says it a little differently. Like, when he's signing the paper, like, with this oh, wow. information. And he's just like, cool, cool, cool. Just mm-hmm. like that. And you're like, oh, like it, there it is. But it's not quite there yet. But there it is. And um, then he tries to force this whole breakfast club thing. <laughs> with this metaphor, which does not gel, does not land at all. But he mentions it, like, three times. And you're like, oh, okay. But other than Abed giving that bender speech, which you know that's great he like he really did a very good job with that i i felt like that was very out of place like that didn't work i like i like the breakfast club thing yeah but, yeah mm-hmm. so is this the is this a dark breakfast club do you think that was like the the p- elevator pitch for community this is the breakfast club just with a bunch of different people that aren't the same age
2: you know i could definitely see that as an elevator pitch for this show yeah that's this is
0: the uh, This is, yeah, yeah, Twilight Zone Breakfast Club. Absolutely. People sitting Mm. around in a library talking out their feelings and...
3: Yeah, that kind of makes sense because I was wondering after watching this, like, what was the pitch for the show going beyond this? Was it more of the same? Like, is this what they were selling? Because obviously it becomes quite different to this uh, Mm -hmm. soon afterwards. So, and this episode doesn't really tell you what it's going to be unless it is just going to... Rinse and repeat, be this breakfast club thing each episode.
2: And, and there's your plot weirdness is uh Troy's. Troy is uh is, Troy is is weird jockey Troy. This is Troy before like he found his smile,
0: Troy. Mm-hmm. Before he's a nerd like he goes from being a jock to a nerd, but it's not I don't think it's ever a deliberate character arc. I think it's just something they gradually evolved him into.
1: I feel like his friendship with Abed really brought that out in him. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe the seeds were always there, but he just didn't have anybody in his life that brought it out like Aben did.
0: I do. There is one line. I love that he's like, you wrinkled my brain. I mean, that's a toy. Isn't <laughs> yeah. That? <laughs> that's a Troy we're going to see. Like, every everybody gets like, well, not everybody, but several of them get like what one line and you're like, that's it. That's exactly who you're going to be. And... <laughs>
2: I also like Troy at one point when they're all arguing in the, in the room, the uh, the study room, he shouts, I am the Barack Obama of this room. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that is interesting how you say his relationship with Abed eventually changes in a lot. And where the fact that he's sitting next to Arbed, like they all land in these places around the table, which are going to be so set in stone and really define who they are, where they're sitting at this this table and they just get there so quickly and you're like oh well that's it they've arrived huh?
1: i never thought about their position around the table but you bring up a really good point
0: i I have something to tack on to that a question because when they were introducing themselves and pierce is going around and then he like does that weird horribly awkward hitting on shirley and shirley obviously is not liking that and Mm -hmm. troy calls him out on you're harassing her uh why doesn't shirley move to the other empty seat Mm. there's another empty seat that's Mm. always next to jeff it's like the guest chair seat she could have moved there
3: well that i believe is our chair so it is taken by us the audience oh there we go
0: now we're getting (laughs) into you just wrinkled my brain (laughs) (laughs) getting into the deep dives here episode
1: two
0: wow i never thought of that i thought they were always just holding that for jack black
3: <laughs> That's right.
4: What is community college? Well, you've heard all kinds of things. You've heard it's loser College for remedial teens, 20-something dropouts, middle-aged divorcees, and old people keeping their minds active as they circle the drain of eternity. That's what you've heard. However, I wish you luck.
0: Uh, let's talk a little bit about Dean Pelton, and mm. he gets in just the first scene, but out of all of the characters, I want to go out on a limb and say Dean is the most like his character for the rest of the show. Uh, like He only has a couple lines, but he is so very Dean uh, other than, you know, like he's flustered. He gets something wrong. He's got that exuberant energy to him. Um I, I was cracking up just like in his few little things. So I'm like, yeah, he, he sounds like Dean Pelton that you will get for the rest of the episode, the uh, rest of the show.
3: So Yeah, he's got the first gag of the show and he nails it. It's really funny. <laughs> um, he's
0: got that rap song on his
2: tape. And he, <laughs> yeah. he gives a good little Dean speech, but he is very normal. And when I think of the Dean, normal is never the word that springs to mind. So it, I kept waiting for him I think, on some level to, to break out into a costume or to rip his shirt off to show what's underneath or to to pirouette off into something. And uh, <laughs> instead, he stays fairly in control and like somebody that might actually be, you know, in a leadership position in a school, uh, albeit a total goofball.
1: For me, I feel like Pierce didn't change all that much. Again, I haven't seen the entire show. There's a couple of seasons I'm missing, but... It, would that be wrong to say that Pierce seems to be pretty much the same person that he is in this episode?
0: I don't know if he's as much of a sexual predator as he kind of really comes <laughs> off with.
2: I think this is Pierce on his best day.
0: Yes. <laughs> um,
2: I know he's got this really classic sort of Chevy Chase handshake uh, business when he first meets Jeff, and that felt very, like, kind of classic Chevy Chase to me. Uh, but this is, I think, who Pierce wants to be in this uh, in, in this episode. And, and in some ways, he does not change, but it's also him before he's just had a compounding episode upon episode upon episode of just being crapped on
0: by the rest of the cast. He does have one moment where he's definitely pulling out another Chevy chase which is when he's in the cafeteria and he's fumbling with the hot dogs. hmm Like, he does that in his movies where he's like, like, "Oops, I accidentally did something. And so I'm like, like, he's doing slapstick, but just like with his like little props. And I've seen that in like movies like Fletch. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like his thing. So they must have given him some leeway to think, Jeffy Chase, you just do you for a little bit, I guess.
1: This reminds me, one of of my outstanding quotes I picked for this episode was at the end where Pierce says, I like you, Jeffrey. You remind me of myself at your age. And Jeff just says, I deserve that. (laughs) <laughs>
3: That's the best yes <laughs> uh and it's like you were saying earlier heather about um how, uh, well i think all these characters are unlikable except maybe Britta in this episode they're all the unlikable character from another show or movie um but this show sees them with some sympathy and affection and welcomes them in in a way uh so that we can get to know them and it's like the bit with pierce um where he's talking about how many times has he been divorced? Seven. Seven uh yeah. and and Jeff's just like, well you keep getting married. Like it's uh, which is funny and kind of nice. It's kind of kind. It's like, oh Pierce is like, yeah, that's well, that's true. That's probably the problem uh with me. It's uh so it's a really I like the and there's a lot of like insult humor in throughout this show, but it never feels too Harsh, I feel. It's got these unlikable characters and kind of insult humor, but it's all still kind of nice always.
0: So another quote unquote character of this episode, and it's very faint, it's very in the background, is Greendale Community College. And we're introduced primarily to the characters, by the way, in the middle of their first week, not on the first day. I don't know why I find that interesting. I kind of do. Like they they've already been to class a couple times. We've never seen their very first day, but they're already like they're, they're forming because they're kind of struggling in Spanish and we'll, we'll get to Spanish next week and another major <laughs> character, but a Greendale, like they're in this college and throughout this entire episode, it's kind of brought home that it's not really the best place. It's not really a top tier Ivy league community uh, college or university. It's, kind of very much a community college that's kind of a bit of a joke you've got a guy peeing outside a window uh, you've got you know <laughs> dean pelton holding a microphone to bells on his because they don't have bells on this campus so he has to use his boombox to uh you know emulate bells and there's like a couple other like just little oh my favorite part the old guy on the track team <laughs> like, oh yeah that's that's their track team older than the game of poker
1: Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) I think they have another episode where they have like a pregnant lady running at her track team. That's that's (laughs) Greendale. Like they really lean into the underdog, dorky, like completely messed up side of Greendale as the series goes on. But it's just like hints. It's little hints of that. And um, I love this. I love the setting of the show so much. So I'm happy to see that.
3: And just would like to point out the opening title uh, at the very beginning, we get the subtitle Green Day Community, uh, Green Community College, three blocks from your home, which I yeah. I don't really know. That's just quite cute, I suppose.
1: I thought so, too.
3: Welcoming yeah, us in.
2: Yeah, it's cute and welcoming and a little sad. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just a twinge of sadness. Um, Justin, when you talked about the bells thing that for some reason, this is just now hitting me. I mean, why would you have bells at a college? We didn't have bells at my community college, and I'm pretty sure most wouldn't, because your classes are all starting at such different times.
0: Mine did. Oh. My college did. <clears throat> they had a bell tower, and on the hour, they would ring. Huh. Mine did, too. Okay. Like, not as a, like a high school, like your class just let out kind of bells. This was more of a... You know, church bell, you know, clock bells kind of thing.
1: I see. So what we're finding out is that even my community college in Podunk, Kentucky, was actually less sophisticated than Greendale.
0: <laughs> well, if you oh, brought a boom my. box and you put some bells on it, <laughs> you'd be <laughs> but right
2: But we didn't there. even
1: think to do that. Hey, so where you, are we now?
2: You said it, not us.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm
2: well,
0: a fan okay. of
1: self-deprecating humor.
0: We, we're almost a half an hour into talking about this, and we haven't even brought up, like, another major character who's in this entire episode which is Duncan
4: Duncan you don't have to play shrink to protect your pride I accept your chicken are you trying to use reverse psychology on a psychologist no I'm just using regular psychology on a spineless British twig I'm a professor you can't talk to me that way a six-year-old girl could talk to you that way yes because that would be adorable no because you're a five-year-old girl and there's a pecking order
0: in a way Duncan and Jeff are kind of the core of like the major conflict of the episode the They're always coming together for scenes. They get more screen time together than I almost think Jeff gets with the rest of the study group. Uh, So what do you guys think of Duncan in this first episode?
1: I had totally forgotten that his alcoholism is so clear from the beginning. Like, I don't know how I forgot that, but he tends to have a drink on almost every scene I can remember seeing him in in this episode.
2: I was just really distracted by the fact that he's John Oliver. And I know we talked yeah. about that a bit last week, but I just, every time I look at him, I go like, he is so cleaned up today <laughs> compared to where he was, what, 12 years ago? Yeah, it he is was distracting.
1: A,
0: he was a really good catch for the show. Like, he's, he's a comedic oh, yes. force, and he's so funny in all these scenes. And he and uh, Joel McHale, they have a really good chemistry back and forth. You know, like, they're sort of chummy. They sort of have this past uh, legal relationship that they spelled out. And yet, um, there's some bullying. I mean, like, Jeff's definitely trying to bully Duncan, and Duncan is, in his weird, passive-aggressive way, pushing back against Jeff and trying to get revenge. And it's really weird and funny, and, like, there's... I, I don't know, almost every quote that Duncan says I want to include in this episode, because it's all really funny stuff.
1: I find that relationship really
0: believable.
1: Not in a sense of, oh, I, see, I can see two people in real life behaving that way, because luckily I haven't. But I get... i i I don't know i i don't know if i'm coming across properly but i get that i guess like you said their chemistry is so good together i really believe that they could have that kind of passive aggressive but sort of kind of friendly relationship but definitely using there's a lot of using on either side
0: i caught a continuity error did you yeah in his office so they were in duncan's office a couple times which i love the fact it's a small cruddy little office by the mm. way that's mm-hmm. community college but do you notice on his walls he has all of these like cultural things from around the world and yet so, in the second season he's going to be taking over as the an anthropology professor and he's like i have no idea what any of this is like, that's true i don't <laughs> know if it's like a real continuity error but it's so much like like duncan well, doesn't know any of this stuff so call it more pilot weirdness yeah. Yeah. and He is. I love that they give him.
2: Um. He feels very real to me as a community college professor, especially a cruddy community college professor, because he's British, which automatically gives him a certain level of respect and esteem at an American college. But (laughs) he's alcoholic and he's not very well spoken and he is clearly, again, easily bullied and talked into things. He's giving out answers. He is... um, He really is pretty terrible, objectively, (laughs) at being a good faculty member. Um, So I, I... Like you... I uh, know it was Thomas that said it, but uh, just in terms of shorthand, I think they do a really good job of telling you all about this guy in a very short period of time. And you don't get the impression that there's a – that he's uh, a lot different
0: than a lot of the other professors here. I love America. I love Chalupas. I don't know. I love it when he says Chalupas and he's just so gleefully giddy. And I'm like, Yeah.
3: I love the bit where he's on the phone trying to disguise himself. It's like, Jeff, this is Duncan. <laughs> it's great.
0: <laughs> Do you like his um when they're in the car? When they're in his ridiculously small little car, and he's wearing those like nineteen seventies <laughs> pimp glasses. Right. What was that? <laughs> I don't know if we ever see those glasses again, but I was laughing my head off, just like going, "What? Why? Is that like further? Like he's trying to disguise himself a little bit more? I don't know."
2: Oh, I'm sure that's him playing spy. That he's the man from Uncle for for these twenty minutes with his uh, turns out fake packet of you know this is him with the handoff, <laughs> but he also knows it's not the real thing. So will he get caught? Will he? Will he make it through? Will he? You know, I am sure in his head this is all very dramatic.
1: Well, also kind of brings me back to what I was thinking when Justin was talking about the uh, items in his office that later in his class, and he's like, I don't know what any of this is. Like, what if maybe that was just him decorating his office with stuff to make it look like he's a worldly, educated person, but really he just got a bunch of junk together. He doesn't know what it does or what the significance is. He just wants to look more um, well-traveled. And you win the no prize. Absolutely, I could see that.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to go back to talking about the study group scenes a little bit. Uh, I think there's a little bit more we can mine here, especially we get Jeff's, like the first classic Jeff speech.
4: You know what makes humans different from other animals? Feet. No, 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 come on, bears have feet. We're the only species on earth that observes shark week. Sharks don't even observe shark week, but we do. For the same reason, I can pick up this pencil tell you its name is Steve, and go like this. And part of you dies, just a little bit on the inside. Because people can connect with anything. We can sympathize with a pencil, we can forgive a shark, and we can give Ben Affleck an Academy Award for screenwriting. People can find the good in just about anything but themselves. Look at me. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. But I can never admit that because that would make me an ass. But what I can do is see what makes Annie awesome. She's driven. We need driven people or the lights go out and the ice cream melts. And Pierce, we need guys like Pierce. This guy has wisdom to offer. The Dalai Lama and I... We should listen to him sometime. We wouldn't regret it. And Shirley. Shirley has earned our respect. Not as a wife, not as a mother, but as a woman. And don't test her on that, because that thing about the jukebox was way too specific to be improvised. And Troy, who cares if Troy thinks he's all that? Maybe he is. Do you think astronauts go to the moon because they hate oxygen? No, Mm. they're trying to impress their high school's prom king. And Abed, Abed's a shaman. You ask him to pass the salt, he gives you a bowl of soup. Because you know what? Soup is better, Abed is better. You are all better than you think you are you've just stopped being a study group you've become something unstoppable i hereby pronounce you a community oh
0: that's nice Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. he brings them together and pronounces them a community right there's there's a title drop they should have waited for the title drop until he said that
1: <laughs> yeah
0: uh, but he does that and one of my favorite jokes in the whole episode is like, you know, I can, that's the same reason I can tell you this pencil's name is Steve and I'll break your heart when I like <laughs> snap it in half and he snaps it, and every, everybody does that. But what I've never noticed before is Abed takes the pencil and then tapes it back together in the back. No. Yes. Go back and watch <laughs> just really quickly. Like you see him fiddling with the pencil and then he holds it up and he's taped it back together because he's trying to save Steve. So let me ask you then. First, that's awesome, but second, is that
2: is that like Abed or not? Given that we know more and more and more about this character than the pilot does,
1: I think it is. Yeah, wanting I would... to create order and I mean, he is a uh, empathetic person,
0: and he likes to buy into things that other people say that are really geeky and weird and fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know that's why. True. Why would you think not, Al? I would think because
2: he often has a hard time processing emotions. He has a hard time relating on what seems like that level to, you know, um, to people or understanding how he is supposed to be feeling in a given moment. He seems to have real struggles with that.
1: I think once it's made apparent to him where he went wrong and why, I think then he, he really gets it. Like, not to get us off track of this episode, but that episode where um, the mean girls type of thing, where there's the mm. clicky mean group, and then there's him with Britta and Shirley and, and Annie. Sorry, <laughs> I do that every time. Um, but, you know, they kind of become the new mean group, and because they've been using his ability to see things immediately about people without emotion and just rattle off things that people don't want to hear. You guys know the episode I'm talking about?
2: Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then at the by the end, he realizes what it's been doing to everyone, so he actually writes destruct codes down for that original clicky group to just right. waste him with. You know, I, I really get that he's empathetic. He just needs to figure out, like, once he realizes what's going on and once he's sometimes told directly what the issue is. He can really be empathetic and he does care. So I I mean, I definitely see him taping the pencil back together as a very Abed thing.
0: Okay. That works. I'm not (laughs) speaking to you ever again, but
1: okay. We have a blood feud now.
0: Well, uh, staying on Abed just for a second. um, I still feel like this episode had no idea how to deal with whatever mental state he's in. Uh, like they they get a little bit harsh with him like especially when Jeff says well you've got aspergers yeah like which is not huh. something Jeff would ever say to abed from this point forward or any character on that show would really like is very deliberate it's very pointed it's very mean and it really is derogatory toward people suffering from uh, mental conditions and um and then there's a couple other mentions like you know where how about says you know somebody else says you know like they said i should check out a condition i have and and then you know when everybody's fighting he's kind of down on the floor holding his head doing that little abed like yeah you know, he can't handle it uh-huh. but it's almost it's almost a little sad instead of funny in the way that, like they do it in future episodes where they change something that he doesn't like and he just does it kind of for comedic effect because he can't handle change but um yeah, I, I was, I was a little disappointed in the episode. Like
3: they yeah, there's really that bit to towards the end where they're all uh, mouthing to each other behind Jeff and Arbed's, uh confused. He's like, uh, uh, am I deaf? Can you guys hear me? Uh, which I thought was funny, but also makes him the stupid butt of the joke more than uh, future Arbed would would be. He he gets smarter after this episode.
4: What's going on? Can you guys hear me? Am I deaf? Can you hear me talking right now? Yes. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah, the same thing with the the text message. Say you have to pee. Mm. I got to talk. Like, it does sound like... Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, this show exists in a really interesting place. I was thinking about where this falls kind of in the cultural landscape in the last 20 years. And this was sort of, I think, towards the tail end of 2000s comedy, Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, old school, Anchorman uh just a very loud boisterous bro-y kind of humor that has really died away in the last 10 years I think as people have gotten a little more sensitive to uh well just to, to a lot of things and so I think we definitely still see some of that I think Pierce falls into that a lot that's not this episode per se but um you know the Asperger's joke is definitely falls to me as like a thing that they can call it that and it's funny and it's it's sort of but like you said, it's, it's mean, it's kind of sardonic, um, and probably not something they would have done a few seasons down the line. And also, just in terms of Abed, pop culture is in a weird place then as opposed to now. You know, this was before the MCU was a big thing. This is before a lot of the stuff that is, like, huge in pop culture was, uh, you know, we were kind of in a weird between zone in 2009, 2010. So I think Abed has different things to cling to than he probably would if the show was coming out today. I, know, I guess it's neither here nor there, but just something I was... Something I was ruminating on.
1: Well, you know, thinking about how Abed changes over the season, I don't know if this was intentional, but do you think maybe the fact that he's hanging out with this group has increased his social intelligence? So he does seem more, I don't know, just hard, distanced and hard to figure out in the first episode, but as he hangs out with these people, And gets to practice his social skills. Maybe that's why he really changes. Maybe it's a character growth thing.
0: Because people are kind of—it's implied people are avoiding him uh, because he's desperate to get Jeff's approval. Right from the early beginning scene, like he's like, "That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me," which kind of implies nobody ever says anything nice to Abed. And he really gloms on to this group, and like somebody's letting him be part of a group. Somebody's paying attention to him. And he finally gets to say all of his weird TV stuff. And that's, you know, they're like, they're trying to lay down that foundation. Like pop culture is the the lens through which he views the world in order to make sense of how everything functions, which... I weirdly kind of understand because like when I was a kid and I was very socially dysfunctional, I read a lot and I watched a lot of movies and <laughs> I started a weird website that deal, <laughs> deals with all this stuff. <laughs> but you know, like that's how I would sort of understand and I tried to categorize and I realized after a while, like that's not really how things work. You can't take these black and white or these very clear cut characters and movie situations and say that's really how it happens. But it's it's a process of growth. So he's really starting that journey. So I think you're absolutely long-winded way of saying, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. shut up now.
3: Uh, you were talking before Justin about the speech Jeff makes to the group. and I think if I remember right, it's a minute later or thirty seconds later they're all arguing and and uh, attacking him, which I just love that it so often undercuts itself. It, it can have its cake and eat it too. this nice, Kind of upbeat, uh, major key speech, and then <laughs> and then everyone just starts attacking him, and the tone can change so quickly, uh, and it's more realistic that way too because it was a it was a fake faux speech, uh, so it's fair enough that they all have a go at him.
1: It's clear why he was such a like he was successful as a lawyer before he got caught because that speech he makes is so good and inspirational. But he doesn't mean any of
3: it. Mm. Nope. And that's and, one of my favorite other bits he? is when Britta <laughs> asks him, when Britta asks, so what's your deal? And he says, uh, I'd have to go with honesty <laughs> uh, because I'd say oh. anything to, to make you like me. So he is being honest in a way, but uh, in such a shallow, <laughs> needy way. Almost sociopathic. Mm.
0: Like that's, you know, just manip- you know, doesn't care. But you know, then we find out he does. Like that's his journey. He actually starts to care about these people, and that's. Uh, but at the beginning, nope, they're just tools, and really they're tools to get what he wants, which is Britta. And that's something we really haven't even talked about because I don't think anybody really cares about the Britta Jeff romance. No, ever. I don't. no, but they spend so much agonizing time in this first season on it, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to talk about it. But like here, it's just. Any time it just like grinds, this episode grinds to a halt when they have just Jeff and Britta and, you know, they're not doing the fighting. Like like eventually their relationship kind of becomes a brother-sisterly kind of relationship where they're just snarking at each other. And, you know, they like they have that, that good chemistry that way. Romance, noob. Nope. We haven't talked about Shirley or
2: Annie or Troy. We talked a little bit about Troy. But is there anything that we feel about them in this episode? Because I don't think that they've been a part of the discussion really at all.
1: I think it's back to what Justin said. They don't give them much for us to latch on to at all.
0: Hmm. I mean, they give Annie a nickname, so that's yeah. that's true. <laughs> Another mean little little Annie Adderall. So <laughs> that's true. I do like Shirley has her uh, her moment about the uh, the thing about the
2: jukebox. And oh yes, and Jeff's just like that was way too specific, yeah. and it's so I do like. Yes, that that implication mm-hmm. that she is she isn't exactly the way that she seems at first.
1: And they really come back on that later in that episode where it's Troy's twenty first birthday. Yes, and we find out her history of being a bar patron there. It's nice.
2: Patrons are very nice. That's a very it's uh, <laughs> a very
0: clean way to describe that. Sure. Well, I
1: worked in customer service for a long time. I don't know how to
0: <laughs> word stuff. They don't even mention that she's religious. That's true. She's I didn't a think mom. about that. Yeah
1: such a defining part of her character and they don't bring it up in the pilot episode
0: but I was very out of all those characters just so disappointed we didn't get to hear more of Annie because she is funny she's a great character she's and she was just given nothing here she exists to be a part of Troy this is kind of the way that Britta exists to be a part of Jeff which is an interesting Mm -hmm. dynamic to have a prior relationship of sorts brought into the study group they're the only people who have known each other previous to this day
2: known each other insofar as troy had any idea who she was but right.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of air quotes going on there all right well let's uh let's move on to dislikes what do you dislike about this episode
3: i don't like the ad breaks basically the there are a few moments before the cut to black for an ad break which have some lame one-liners usually jeff uh one of them's like you're gonna eat those words when you see my new car and another one, like, uh, they will be untutorable. And it's like, well, that's not funny, yeah. but you're doing something, I guess, to go to an ad break.
0: I felt like they did way too much telling and not enough showing with their character traits. It was like they're trying to vomit character exposition. You know, like, this is who this person is. This is who this person is. But we didn't really, like, there wasn't enough time to really marinate seven different people and how each one of them are. So, you know, maybe that was not even possible, but uh, I felt like at times it was just kind of shoving like this this person does this, this person does this, okay, we're moving on.
3: Hmm.
1: I don't like that. I can't remember seeing Chang in this episode. Was he in this episode at all?
0: Nope,
1: I don't like that. you guys know he's he's my favorite first season side character,
0: yeah, other than Duncan and Dean, it's just the study group, right, yeah. And a whole lot of background characters.
2: Am I allowed to use Jeff's track pants as an answer again? <laughs> Please do. Yeah, nope, because I'm never going to stop being bothered by it.
0: Yeah, the Jeff Britta romance. I'll say that again. It just—it's one of my major pet peeves of all sitcoms is that they feel like from the get go they have to have two characters who are going to be the the Sam and Diane, the the Ross and Rachel. The will they or won't they? I hate it. I hate that thing. I think it ruined uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'll say that those two main characters were great before they started dating, but oh well. And I really hate that. It almost feels like this show wasn't designed to have a romance at the core, and they just threw it in because it's ex- an expected sitcom trope. It feels like a network note. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Although I will say in this episode, I think it's I think it's fine. It doesn't pop in any kind of way, and it's clear why they – try to disregard it as soon as they can. But I don't think it's aggressively bad in this episode.
0: It just kind of wears on you over time. Uh, What about likes? What's something, a couple things you really like about this episode?
1: My most standout thing is actually going to go back to Jeff's speech at the end. In particular, his line where he says, people can find the good in just about anything but themselves. And it just hits me every time. I've struggled with finding the good in myself for a, a long time. And it's nice to be reminded that even people I consider better or more successful than myself feel this way, too, because it reinforces the fact that the lack of faith in myself isn't warranted, and I am better than I give myself credit for. It gives me the warm
0: fuzzies. Dang, that's deep. Thank you. <laughs> I like the guy, in the, the old guy in the track, but... Oh, I'm, s- nice. I'm sorry. Maybe I, should have saved my- I didn't mean to like
1: bring such a heavy air. My goodness. I'm There's sorry. no
0: way to follow that up without sounding shallow. <laughs> read, so let's sound room, shallow as shallow as possible. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you guys like about this? You hold up and you say this is a standout from the episode.
3: I think just uh, Danny Pudi's performance in general, despite the you know iffiness of some characters characterization of Abed so far. He just nails every take, it looks like. I bet I can just imagine being on set after so many of those takes, I'd just clap. like It's pitch perfect, and uh, he's so efficient with his movement. Uh, It's just a great performance, I think, from... The pilot.
1: Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. He looks so young,
3: too, because I've been watching that Mythic Quest, and, yeah, he looks
0: so little here. Two things I really liked. One, I love the back and forth between Duncan and Jeff, especially when they're on the track field, and they have that argument that just keeps escalating into back and forth quips, like, you know... Well, you can't talk to me like that. A six-year-old girl could talk. Or, <laughs> six-year-old girl could talk to you like that because you're five, and there's a pecking order and all that. And it's like that's funny. Stuff. Like that's good. That's good writing. That's funny stuff. And I know you brought up um, that silent conversation they had at the end and a negative. I actually liked that whole step scene. The whole scene. I thought that felt more relaxed and genuine for the group because they come out and they're just like, okay instead of posing or instead of making speeches or you know whatever they're just sitting down kind of being genuine and being like troy that's where he's like the most likable in the entire episode is he just sits down he talks about his jacket and you know you wrinkled my brain and all that and i i thought the line when abed doesn't know what's going on that's i thought that was funny i like the the fact that the group's going back and forth and able to have that kind of silent conversation I, oh, that yeah. kind of shows you that they, you know, like that's something that people who know each other a long time can kind of do. Yeah, they had so, a connection
1: right from the start. Yeah,
0: yeah, I yeah that was is good. Humble, which I like.
1: Yes.
3: Mm. Did you guys know that this is based on Dan Harmon's own experiences? He went to a community college uh, to take Spanish with his then girlfriend, and um, and got kind of stuck at first in this study group he was annoyed by but then he came to be quite fond of them so he's he's jeff in this scenario
2: did not know that yep cool, i, I okay. totally believe that i think for me yeah, the step scene is also fantastic um the i really like that back and forth between uh jeff and troy about his jacket i think that's just really it's very short but i think It does a lot for the plot, but more than that, I just think it's really, it's a good piece of advice in general that they could have done in a way that would be a little cheesier and a little more saccharine, and uh, I like the way he puts that. I also love the Bender speech.
4: You know what I got for Christmas?
2: It was a banner year at the Bender family. I got a carton of cigarettes.
4: The old man grabbed me and said, Hey, smoke up, Johnny! No, Dad, what about you?
2: Well, uh, that, that actually was from The Breakfast Club. And the Simple Minds at the end of the episode.
3: I just, that's
2: <laughs> chef's kiss for <from> me.
3: <laughs> I liked um, when Jeff was trying to be Spanish and said, I'm Jeff, or jefe. That was great. <laughs>
1: Which reminds me, I love the line that he says in Spanish, because it's all, like, stuff that you think he's probably learned from spending the night with a lot of women who speak Spanish. Because it's all, remember when he's trying to prove to Britta that he can speak Spanish, and it's just like, I am sleepy in Spanish, one more hour, please don't key my car. (laughs) Like, these are all things he's learned to say first thing in the morning
3: oh my gosh i never never thought
0: about that that's cool
3: (laughs) that's great all
0: right we're gonna rate the episode so here's how it's going we're going to call this the report card and we're going to give each episode a letter grade either a no pluses no minuses we're going to keep it easy i know it gets too much too much uh so a through f we're not none none of this D, E, or this E thing—you know—just A through F. Uh, where do you? What rating do you give to this episode? And you have to back it up with a quick explanation. So um, I'll kick us off and save that for the pilot episode. Here, um, I'm going to give a C. I think it it does the job it needs to do, which is to introduce the school, the main cast, the main characters, set up a little bit of the format of the show, but by far it's not overtly that funny Uh, it doesn't have as many great lines like this show ends up like packing in so many awesome lines and quotes like in comparison to later seasons it's a very it's it's a very vanilla episode and so you know you know like i'll be charitable and i won't give it any lower but i'm definitely just going to give it a C.
3: I'll go one step up from that. A B minus from me. Uh, can't like you minuses. Like minuses. don't
2: exist. don't no
3: do. <laughs> Oh, my word. Okay, it's a B. <laughs> minus. Um, and I'm giving it that because it's better than Justin's. And because, it, like you said, it does all the heavy lifting. And I had a good chuckle. Um, but now I'm regretting giving it a B, actually. Um because I'm thinking about the minus. Okay, it's a B minus, but next time I'll do your thing. Um, and <laughs> it's a B minus because it gets a lot better from here. But now I would give it a C actually, and I'm giving it a C. I've ter- you've turned me around. It's a C. See,
0: yeah, the uh, unfortunate thing about recording distant from each other is I can't throw things at you right now. Just erasers would be coming right at your head.
1: Thomas, I've lost respect for you for backing down from your B. Just so you know.
3: Mine is. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know what to do.
1: Mine was going to be a B plus.
3: Okay, I'm going with a B. Uh, It's a B for me, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Heather. I feel confident.
1: I had to do something after I sucked the air out of the room with my happy moment there earlier. How dare you? (laughs) I know. I'm the worst. Maybe I'm Britta all along. <laughs> all
3: right, so, so what, what you did you totally? land uh, on, Thomas? I don't
0: even uh, know at it's this point. For me. It's, right. a, it's a are B. You're it's a, a B. B. Heather, yeah. are you still a B? Or are you I'm definitely changing a B. I'm a, a B all the way. Plus. Rainbow <laughs> star, whatever your new rating system is. Oh, I like the rainbow star. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. All right. What, what about you, Al? All
2: right. Um, I am also going to go for a B. In general, when a pilot first a TV show is a C, I don't go back to it. And this this show, although the show gets much better than this, I left the episode. I knew who the characters were. I liked the relationships. I thought it was funny. I liked the premise. It's got some good lines. I'm okay with a solid B because I definitely went ahead and pressed play on the next episode. Same. All right.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, that's exactly why I was thinking it's a B. Like, it got my interest. It made me want to watch more. It's not perfect. I think a B is comfortable.
0: Yeah, Boom, it's a B. win. We yeah. <laughs> oh, you stop! You have no integrity left whatsoever. At Come this on, point.
1: Justin, conform.
0: <laughs> we we can say that it averages out to a B. I'm not I'm not going to move. I I think it's still a C. But I agree with you. It definitely. I was a little bit perturbed that I had to stop watching. I wanted to keep going. Like I wanted to. Get, like why can't we just do episodes one and two? Because I want to do the next episode so bad. Uh, but hey, we'll stop here. We're in a couple more weeks. We're going to get back together and we'll talk about episode two, which will start to feel a lot more familiar in many ways. And Heather will be just over the moon because Chang will be there.
3: Yes. Can I can I interrupt with one more thing? I know you're wrapping up, but um, I can redeem myself uh, for a moment ago. Um, th- in this episode was the first time Shirley said, that's nice uh, as well. And apparently that was uh, not in the script and not even in character. She was just saying it after she thought they'd stopped rolling to John McHale. So that's where that comes from. I
1: love from. it. Huh.
3: That's and you cool. Know,
2: that was the first thing my wife latched on watching the show was Shirley going, that's nice. That became her first favorite thing in the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Sounds great. Well, thanks for all the extra trivia. And we love, uh, I, I just, I really liked your different, opinions and observations on this episode that's that's it was a good start and we're, we hope that you guys are enjoying the podcast uh, drop us a line and follow us on twitter at 101 rewatching. blame twitter i couldn't get any better twitter handle that's what we're going with it's the best twitter handle in the world at 101 rewatching. tell your friends about this show obviously we got a we got a bit of a a campaign ahead of us to spread the word about community rewatching 101 but we want to make the best possible show we can for you so thanks for listening uh, thanks for subscribing and stay tuned because in two weeks we're going to be back and it just gets better from here so take care guys thanks for listening and thanks to my co-hosts um, except for Mr. B- there he's in the shame corner he's going to stay there for two weeks
1: really? bye bye everyone
0: adios
3: I'll go one step up from that, a B minus from me. Can't give minuses.
0: Minuses don't exist. Minuses don't exist.
3: Oh my word. Okay, it's a B. Minus. <laughs>